Hi, and welcome to Volcano Bake Me. What you're about to listen to is actually one of our earlier episodes when our audio equipment wasn't quite as good as it is now, and we hadn't quite gotten into the rhythm of how the show worked. So it's uh, a little patchy. There's still plenty of good stuff in there, but if you're curious what our show's really like, we'd suggest that you actually go to our most recent episode and give that a listen. Much more polished, much more professional. And if you like what you see there, then maybe you can come back and see what we have to say in our earlier stuff when you're more readily able to forgive us. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to episode three of Volcano Bake Meat, the new and improved Volcano Bake Meat with new. Now we have the right microphone selected on my computer so we don't use the crappy laptop microphone technology. I'm Connor. Yeah. I'm Jeff. I'm Paige. I'm Jessica. And I'm Grant. And the title of today's episode is Whatever Happened to Couch Co-op? By couch co-op, we mean just playing multiplayer in a video game with your friend or your sibling or other acquaintance, uh, just on your couch, on your TV, no online connection involved, no separate system involved. That was very common back in the day in a lot of older video games, and actually still is uh, somewhat common, but it seems like it's declined a lot in the past, you know, five or ten years or so. So today we're going to talk about kind of what what's going on with that, why that's happening. Is that, do we expect that to keep happening? How can we fix it? And also about some couch co-op, couch co-op games that we've, uh, we've, we've enjoyed throughout our lives. So to start off... Let's go ahead and ask the question. Guys, what game that you like now that might not have couch co-op do you wish had couch co-op? Jeff, let's, let's start with you. What do you think? Well, I, I have two answers for this. One is a little different, so it's I'll get it out of the way quick. My first impulse is XCOM 2. Okay. Because I wish there was a way that my friends who were sitting with me and strategizing could actively participate in the game rather than just us handing off the controller... But we do just fine with the strategizing, so it's a little a little bit of a moot point. The other game that I would love to see get couch co-op would be Wolfenstein The New Order. I love the gunplay. It's tight, it's quick, it's fast. You get to kill Nazis. Utterly fantastic <laughs> game. And I would love to be able to have BJ Blazkowicz running and gunning with whoever his companion of the hour is. It would be tons of fun. Paige, I'd like to hear what you think. Yeah, this one is actually happening, and I'm really grateful, and I'll be curious what they do with it, but the game Stardew Valley. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, oh. I am excited as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I... See, what I would really love to see, and this isn't couch co-op, but I would love to see, and this probably isn't happening, um, a marketplace where you could go, like, anyone could go into a almost, like, MMO space for a mm -hmm. little bit, and just, like, sell their goods and talk to other farmers and, you know... So you want a stock market. I want a stock market. That'd be badass. Why don't right? they make that? Right? <laughs> that concerned Dave. You listening? Yeah. <laughs> Please, no. concerned And, like, Dave. just to go and meet with other farmers, like, you know, maybe, I mean, this is a lot of programming for one man, but just have slightly different fruits on every farm so you could trade things and trade seeds and, I don't know, have a whole, like, Animal Crossing deal going. Oh, hell yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, there are different varieties of the one that I know is apples. Mm -hmm. You can have Granny Smith, Red Delicious, Gala, all of those there are tons. old standbys. Yeah. You could do something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Concerned it, get on it. It's not too much work. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's something for one man with too much time and money? We'll give you lots of upvotes on Reddit. There you go. <laughs> I will pay you extra. <laughs> we'll give you gold. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, what are you thinking? So, I've actually got a couple for this one. Interestingly enough, based off of last week's episode um, with Telltale, I would weirdly like to see someone attempt to do a Telltale-esque game where you have, like, 
you know, choices that you have to make to direct a particular story, but make that a co-op experience. So that the whole idea is you gather around like you would for a movie night, but then you each have a controller, and basically it's a voter experience of, like, you know, what choice do you make? And if you all have equal votes, it just becomes a random thing, because somebody's happy. And then it, like, will transfer from time to time as to who's controlling the main character, or maybe you're all controlling characters, whatever. I was about to say, you could do so, so much cool stuff with that. Just have a two-player story, and each person gets their own decision. And the whole idea is that you wouldn't have influence, you wouldn't know what the other person is going to pick, and it would change every time. The logic tree would be unbelievable, but if you could pull it off, that experience would be really right? something. Right, And that would just be a totally phenomenal thing. For the less important one, Halo 5, I would just like to be able to play a split-screen game. But, uh, yeah. I agree. I'm sad they took that out. Yeah. Right? I'm very sad they took that out. Well, actually, going to the Telltale thing you mentioned, um, actually a game that I want to bring up later in the show is actually Divinity Original Sin does something that's not quite as complex as what you're talking about, but they do a kind of interesting thing where if you're playing at co-op, you have two PCs, and so when you get to a point where you need to make a decision in the story, both players make a decision. So the one PC will make a choice of like, oh, I think we should do this, and then the next, the other PC can choose to either agree or disagree. And if you choose to disagree, then they actually have a weird little like rock paper scissors type game that you play to decide which direction the story actually goes. So it's a way of resolving player conflict of how to direct the story. So it's it's definitely not as cool or as involved as what you were saying, Jeff, of like having the ensemble cast that actually directs the story in an organic way, but I think it's kind of an interesting take on that that I thought was kind of cool. And a much more manageable take on that. Yeah, so a much more manageable take on that. Well, and then it also, I mean, this is getting long in our intro section, but basically it also rewards you for choosing to go with more charisma or intimidate, because those might influence how well you can get into that conversation, because if you have huh. a higher value in something... Yeah, it's like, whichever whichever skill you're choosing to use earns you that many points if you win in the rock, paper, scissors. But then also, the other thing with that is the choice that you make highlights, changes your character's personality traits that gives you certain buffs. So if you wanted to go for the pragmatic choice, even if the other player wanted to do something else and lost, and you lost your character's personality would still be altered and your stats would be altered by that. So, that's a cool thing that doesn't necessarily have to do with co-op, but just the idea of a co-op Telltale game made me think of that. Hmm. So, yeah, what, what is your idea, then? My idea would actually, um, the thing that I thought of, and I remember when I first played it, it immediately came to my mind was Deus Ex Human Revolution. Okay. Really, any of the Deus Ex games. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah any of the Deus Ex games. But Human Revolution, I thought, was would have been super cool in a co-op experience because the game is so customizable and the way your character and the way that you approach every problem is so customizable if they had built a whole separate co-op campaign which why don't we make whole separate co-op campaigns anymore but whatever um, we, we did ask for this we yeah. did ask for that yeah like, like, like the Splinter Cell like the Splinter Cell games did co-op campaigns for a while Splinter Cell Conviction and Splinter Cell Blacklist the only two I've played both have fantastic Couch co-op campaigns. Uh, yeah, Portal Two. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, <laughs> okay. they happen. They happen, but they're not as common. Portal Two is really is the big high-profile one I can think of. So if they had something like that, like Splinter Cell or like Portal Two did, of a co-op campaign separate from the story, where you just got to play as like two ogged-out mercenaries or something. Yeah, and then you and your buddy could be keeping track of separate og trees, and they could make even more interesting and more complex 
tasks that would require you to diversify your augments to tackle situations. Again, the design would be a nightmare yeah. of trying to make it so that a certain aug combo couldn't just completely obliterate any challenge. But if they could make that work, I feel like that would be an awesome, awesome co-op experience. Allow me I to agree. build. Allow me to build on that for just a second. I really like the idea of you could have one of your Ogged Troopers go full combat with dermal armor and all of that stuff, and the other could go a very stealth-oriented thing, so you could do a kind of very aggressive person and then a very defensive person. And then you've just made Army of Two. You know, you're right. Yeah, this is Army of Two. absolutely right. <laughs> Which, if we can, we will spend the entire hour talking about Army of Two. <laughs> just kidding. I th- I just think- kidding. I think Connor will spend the entire hour. <laughs> oh, I will talk about, about Army of Two with Connor all day. <laughs> well, you two can yes. do your own show then. As much as I loved Army of Two, there are two other games I would like to see with with couch co op actually. Uh, and similarly, they're they're the mini single player. First one actually, and I know there is a bit of this. And actually, this game franchise does not have a great history of implementing couch co op. But I would love to see couch co op in Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh yeah, yeah. I would have yeah. loved that. That oh, would have been man. amazing because we had they had GTA Online, which is okay, but it's online. And then GTA San Andreas did do couch co-op, and it was horrible. <laughs> I, I want to talk about that later. But it yeah, was, we're talk about that. I'm not familiar with that. It was a nightmare, very bad. Um, the other game that I would love to see couch co-op in, and this is it is already a very popular multiplayer game, but uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, there's a because and most people might not agree with that because it's very you'd think that the old Rainbow Six games are typically very tactical so they're very level oriented and each level has a set of different routes and paths you can go whereas Rainbow Six Siege is more two teams playing against each other for a sort of capture the flag almost sort of idea but I really think it's it's so so much built on the idea of having synergy with your teammates and being able to communicate the online play is great I love it but being able to just you know, boot up a game and I, play a level together with your friend on the couch would be amazing. I totally agree. I mean, like, <laughs> I love that game, and it, I I really enjoy playing it with other people. I think uh, the big thing that they could do is even just, like, not necessarily getting online together to play the 5v5, but just a basic, like, side thing of terrorist hunt where you and a friend can just go through and try to power in like you would... An online one, you know, one on one against like twenty five people. Yeah. Except it would cut your field of vision, which could get kind of tricky. But yeah, you know, game there there used to be this used to be way more common. Oh, it it did. really did. It used to be it used to be way more common that you, almost every other game that would come out would have some kind of two player functionality, and then you know a good chunk of those would be you play together to, to work towards the same goal, either in the same storyline or in a side storyline. So I. I'm kind of hoping that so, we, can set, we can probably jump straight into the discussion. Yeah, couch now. co-op used to be a given in shooters. Yeah. Right? Yes. Well, yes, it what, did. One argument that I've heard as to why it's not being put in in like next-gen consoles as often is because it drops the frame rate, and that's something everybody is really fixated on right now in terms of consoles versus PC or whatever, right? Like, Or like the two consoles warring against each other. You can't drop that frame rate because that is the huge thing that everyone's like... Well, but do I get 60 frames per second? Does it look good? Does it look good? And it sounds like with split screen, it's cutting the frame rate. And so they're saying cut it for marketing reasons. Well, and I think it plays into like every negative stereotype about the gamer that we will choose frame rate and just it looking good over having actual human friends. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's really a good and kind of frightening point. Now I like that you I guys, but I've it. seen some real good frame rates before. You understand me, Xbox. <laughs> they don't understand me. Hey, I've got my spaceship, man. Don't talk to me about frame rate. <laughs> Jeff calls his PC his spaceship, for those of you who are a little confused. So uh, it takes me to lovely places in outer space. So, yeah, And now you understand why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little footnote. Yeah, it's not just frame rate. Uh, actually, sometimes it is just a, oh, well, we need to make sure we keep our frame rate up for the gamer uh, idea, which definitely, but I remember actually in very specific cases, and I don't know how common this is, but in very specific cases, it can just be for practical design, technical reasons. I remember particularly Evolve. That came out. Oh yeah, yeah. remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. No, I still occasionally will have people talk to me about it. I'm like, That's really? Still a thing? Yeah. Like I remember it came out, and then no one ever spoke of it again. It was, it you was... can get it for ten bucks, brand new. Wow. Right? That's like Duke Nukem Forever levels of price decay. Yeah. Right. They hyped it up yeah. so much before wow. it came out. It was everywhere, well, and then it came here... out. It was huge, and then yeah, it just kind of faded away into nothing. Well, see, everyone was sort of thinking that Evolve was going to be the next Left 4 Dead, right? Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. you jump in, you play with your friends online, sure, but the main thing is you split-screen co-op, slay a bunch of monsters. But they said they weren't going to do split-screen co-op. Exactly, and so everyone's thinking it'll be like Left 4 Dead, but no split-screen, no big deal. Uh, yeah, no, big deal. Big deal. Yeah, yeah. big deal. <laughs> it's surprising how much we put on to co-op like that, right? Like, My hype died. Uh, but the reason they said that they cut the couch co-op was because it, not just their frame rate, but it forced them to have to drop the graphical quality just because they had to render everything twice and a key part of the balance of the game um, for anyone who's not familiar the idea is that it's actually a five player game and it's four versus one multiplayer so one player plays as like a big scary monster and the other four people play as humans who are trying to stop the monster and so a key component of the game's multiplayer was the monster to be able to hide to be able to actually be lurking in the grass and stuff and have the graphical quality be good enough that you could blend in. That that mechanic would work. That mechanic would work, yeah. And so if you have to render everything twice, they said, and I don't know how much of this is true or how much of it was just them trying to spin it, um, but they said that when they ran internal development tests in split screen, the monster would stick out just because it couldn't render it well enough to have the monster blend in like that. So in couch co-op, it would have just ridiculously unbalanced things in the human player's favor. I'm not sure about necessarily the unbalancing stuff because I feel like there are ways around that. Probably, but, but I can definitely see that it, that makes it an issue for sure. That I mean, like just knowing how computers work, having to render that thing twice will suck the energy out of your system as is. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that for graphical reasons they may have to cut something, and if they feel they'd have to work out some weird, trippy design in order to get split screen to work. Um, so that it's not un- unbalanced. Like, I can kind of buy it. It's a weird, loopy reason, but I get it, you know, when you have a deadline and you only have so much resources that you can apply. Cutting sp- cutting split screen's easy, mm-hmm. right? And frame rate's and always been an issue. Frame rate yeah. and graphics, I mean, like, Remember if that Perfect is Dark? real... Uh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. I also have a bit of a... a and see, actually, I'm very glad you you mentioned the whole frame rate and uh, perform. It sounds like really, a, and I believe it, a good reason of why they may cut out couch co-op of a lot of newer games, which of course have a lot better graphics and bigger engines, and overall just are pumping out more performance than games used to. Uh, is just 
it boils down to performance issues. It, it, it can't meet the performance standards or the expectation. But I have another uh, theory for why we may also for, another theory for why we may see less couch co-op games nowadays, and it's a bit more marketing conspiracy theory. <laughs> but, but just go with me here. All hell you, corporate. You love your marketing. All hell corporate. I, I, I do. I swear I'm not an office drone. I just. You just work in an office. <laughs> but my idea is that we've seen a decline in couch co-op and an increase in online co-op. It's not not just because it helps with performance issues, though I think that is a very good point. My idea is because there's less money in couch co-op than there is in online co-op. If if a, if a if a game developer, or particularly the console makers, so like Microsoft and Sony, uh, the two big ones, of course, are interested in, in making a bit more money from you, it's a bit more work overall for both them and the developers to put local co-op and couch co-op into a game and have it work that way. Or they could, you know, save some time and just do it online. And that way, if they want to play co-op, they can. You just have to pay a fee. <laughs> well, every month or, or every year to use the online service, and it's it, it's there's more profitability there. Not well, to mention buying two copies of the game, buying two copies of the game, buying two systems. That too, you, you need yeah. to buy another system. You need to buy the game. You need to keep your online subscription going. That is a you need large... multiple online subscriptions as well. Sometimes, so that everybody yeah, everybody can have different accounts. Everybody so can, can have can different accounts. It it costs a lot more money for the consumer, but. The producers, Microsoft, Sony, all the developers, they save money. They they get money coming and going with getting rid of couch co-op. It is absolutely economically in their favor to axe it. Although, when a game says we have couch co-op, that brings a lot of consumers in. That is going to, like, we have couch co-op is going to sell copies. Well, but it sells copies now. Because we don't assume it's going to be the reality. Exactly. So it's the That's it's true. the exception, not the norm. And so they can bank on it being the oddity. But if everybody had couch co-op, it wouldn't save them money. That's true. Exactly. You're right. That's a reaction to what... Yeah. Okay. It's a situation of supply and demand. So right now, everybody's <sighs> screaming for couch co-op and shaking their fists. So someone who comes out with couch co-op is the messiah. Right. <laughs> All hail Nintendo. <laughs> exactly. I mean, seriously. Like, we use aren't selling huge, but they are still selling, and a large part of that is because, guess what? No, like, couch co-op on the other next-gen systems right well, now. And there no is viable like, couch co-op. Not really, yeah. Not as much. Well, and I'll take this as an opportunity to tell a story. I work as a software developer, and we do a lot of work with Microsoft. I mean, we are in the Seattle area, so everybody does a lot of work with Microsoft. So when we had a little bit extra money in the budget to keep the developers happy... Uh, actually, one of our devs won a contest. It was great. Um, we decided we were going to get a system. So if you know you had a couple minutes, you could play something. We work with Microsoft, so we bought an Xbox. Yeah. Smart, um, move. Yeah. Smart move. I'd, I'd agree. I understand. Um, obviously, Mortal Kombat, not really an option in the workplace. Yeah, not at all. Um, at least not always. No. <laughs> it's, it's not the smartest option. and like Not at your workplace and not at most workplaces. Yeah. Yes. Um, probably not unless you actually work making Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And uh, Injustice is... <coughs> sorry. Excuse me. Injustice is a PS4 exclusive on this gen uh, and isn't backwards compatible yet. Uh, but also, like... 
I guess there's Rare Replay now, but we didn't have it then. Basically, we got a lot of developers playing the equivalent of Wii Bowling <laughs> oh, on an God. Xbox One, and it's worse than an Xbox One because they were trying to use Kinect. Oh, that just and sounds so bad. And so, now... I can say I work at an office with a console in it, which is cool and makes people go, ooh, but it is less used than the machine we have that makes artisan pancakes. And don't you have a keg, too? We don't use the keg, either. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff's over here like, youth is wasted on the young. (laughs) I don't understand. I just just want to take a moment to, to, to appreciate the fact that when the Wii U was first announced, everyone was freaking out over the fact that it could only handle one controller. And everyone was like, but you can only have one Wii U gamepad. How will there be multiplayer? And now it's like, it's the place to go for couch co-op. It's, it's the right. king of couch co-op. Only we- Nintendo would pull that off. Like, you can only have one controller, but it's the best couch co-op. That's, actually, <laughs> that's, true. that's really true. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. There's actually something I, I wanted to mention on the show about that. Because Nintendo has been known for a long time as they make the couch co-op games. They're the family-friendly party game. They are. They're they're the kings, and part of the reason for that, which is very interesting, just from a uh, uh, product design perspective, is they actually build all of their products around the idea that it is going to be played with people in your immediate vicinity. Pretty much all their game consoles have been built around the fact that you are going to play this with other people together. You're going to share this experience. I mean, they've made lots of. I mean, Legend of Zelda has always been a single-player game, right? Yeah. But at the same time, they, they've designed, like, the, the Wii U is clearly designed for multiple people. The Wii, the whole point of it was that it was designed for multiple people. We play. We, we play. We would like to play. We would like to play. Yeah. We would like to play with the Yoshida Brothers did the song for those ads. I love those ads. Um, <laughs> even the Nintendo 64, four controllers, GameCube, it, it, was, it was all, all their products have been designed around the idea that you're going to play this with a friend or a sibling or a family member. Even 3DSs where you randomly street pass and like can do some like download play stuff together, right? Well, and I think that goes off of the that it goes back to dropping frame rates or, you know, technological from a technological standpoint. That is what Nintendo does. They say, "Forget the technological standpoint. We are not going to be as advanced. We're going to be last gen basically." Yeah. But we will play together and we will choose the couch co-op. Precisely, and even even if you look at Nintendo's most recent games, though they look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What Nintendo's done is they've kind of because what we what we let me back up. What we've seen with other big you know publishers and, and console makers and stuff like you know Xbox and, and PlayStation are that yeah there is a bit of a compromise. We can't have these super realistic graphics or these really powerful engines and local co-op. It's gonna bring it's gonna bring performance down, and we can't have that. You know, performance is more important. And in most cases, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think that's the right choice. What Nintendo's done with the way they've designed their games is they've found a way to make it look good enough, and, and, and which is to say it has the right style, it's appealing, it's, it's fun to look at. People don't really complain too much, at least from what I've heard, that in a Nintendo game, this looks like crap. Like, I honestly don't hear that a lot. It, it, they fit the game. They fit the design. And they've worked in the local co-op to a lot of these games, so it's fun. They, they've found a way to, to, to have their cake and eat it, too, in that regard. It performs, it meets expectations, and it has a local co-op. It's fun. But how much of their cake are they eating if they're not making money? That's the other thing, is they are yeah. still currently losing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Poor Nintendo. I just love Nintendo. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I hope they don't die. Like, <laughs> I hope they don't die either. Nintendo I don't think they will. Nintendo is but. like your adorable little cousin or something where they show up and they're just the cutest thing and they're fun to play with and then just like you kind of forget about them when you're not at a family reunion. And exactly. and then you find out years later that they grew up and become a soulless retail drone. Well, oh, oh. yeah. But um, I'm sorry about your little cousin, Jeff. Actually, that reminds <laughs> me of one game that I should have mentioned earlier that I am very much disappointed does not have local, either competitive or co-op. I want co-op Splatoon local. They Ooh. do technically have it. Technically? Technically they do, because okay. what it is, is essentially you do need, um, you do need, like, the pro controller or okay. some sort of fight pad, mm-hmm. um, so you do need to get a specialty type thing, but most people kind of want that for, like, um, yeah. Smash Bros or something anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, basically one person plays looking at the TV, and the other plays looking only at the gamepad. But... It's a little hinky, all right? Like, yeah. it doesn't play perfectly, and I said hinky very weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got stuck on, like, yeah. I was stuck on the back of my teeth. Checking oh, I think it's interesting, though. That's stuff. a way to overcome the, uh, the screen size problem, because a lot of games you have to wonder, you know, am I doing split screen? Am I, you know, how are we both going to look at the same place? And so Wii U is just like, forget that, two screens. Well, exactly. I think that's part of the part of, um, I know I, j- I just pointed out the screen, gamepad thing, but I think that's actually part of why I think they kind of screwed up with the Wii U by limiting it to one gamepad, because think of the co-op possibilities you could have with two or even four players all having their own individual screens. Oh, exactly. All those GameCube games like Four Swords Adventures, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, and I'm sure there were a couple others, but those were the two big ones. Super Monkey Ball. Super Monkey Ball, that used the GBA hookup thing, where it was like, oh, you can play this game, but you need to have four Game Boy Advances hooked up to your GameCube. I retract my Super Monkey Ball statement. Okay, I wasn't (laughs) sure if Super Monkey Ball did that. It did not. But, like, (laughs) I know the two big ones were were Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles and the Zelda Four Swords. Um, That didn't really work, because the connection was not great, and there were just technical problems, because it was ahead of its time. If we could have four Wii U gamepads all hooked up to the same Wii U console and do those games again where everyone can be all looking at the same screen in the area of play (coughs) and then also having the gamepad for things like inventory management and stuff like that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, on that point, I know that, again, it came down to, like, a technical issue. Of they just didn't have the power within the Wii U to have the four gamepads. My understanding was that the just extra gamepads would be prohibitively expensive. Was well, there... there was that, um, but it was also just, in general, like, that was the thing that they mainly pointed out, because it, in the, that tablet is very expensive. Oh, yeah. Nobody would want to spend the money on it, but, especially since their main, like consumer base is parents (laughs) of small children Mm -hmm. who break things easily um right so like there's that but it is also a matter of that system itself is only so powerful right and so hooking up four game pads they're able to fudge it a little bit with like you can hook up um like your 3ds systems to the wii u but then it's kind of just like a quick little server hub, and a lot of the power is also coming from your... Yeah, the 3DS can do some of the work. Exactly. So, I mean, um, one thing that I've kind of been hoping we'll see in, like, the NX, for instance, is the ability to have multiple gamepads or that sort of thing, where you can be like, hey, I'll bring my Wii U gamepad over, 
or NX gamepad over and we'll do couch co-op together with this or what have you. So I want to just pull together a couple of the different thoughts that we've had here with the Wii U having the smaller processing power and having to use art style to uh, make up for a lack of horsepower, having the, the idea of having multiple gamepads, bringing your own gamepad over, and I just want to throw this out there, Poker Night. You could finally see your own hand, <laughs> look at everyone and bluff, but have all of the cool voice effects and, you know, the art style and the characters of Poker Night. Oh, You're God. speaking specifically of Poker Night at the Inventory by, by Telltale. Yes. God. Okay, I wasn't exactly. sure if those you were going for or not. No. Note how we all seem to have a boner for Telltale. <laughs> oh, God, what a game. Um, and I think, actually, the thing that Couch Co-op has, and that actually having separate game pads could be really cool for, is there is definitely an element of psychological warfare in Couch competition games that does not exist to the same degree online. Like, you might be talking into a mic, and that's great, and you can still have very fulfilling and, you know, heartwarming interactions over a mic. But, Eat shit, toddler. <laughs> but it's fun to just, like, glance at that guy across the table and go, yeah, you know what I'm about to send? <laughs> and then oh. Oh, just God. destroy them. Oh, just, just start smiling. Yeah. Why are you smiling at me? You'll find out in a minute. <laughs> See, Blue shell! Bam! <laughs> or just the all-powerful... Tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> oh, or, or alternatively, that moment of bonding where you look at them and you're like, this is about to be super cool, and you just have that moment together that you wouldn't have to the same degree Being online. able to truly fist bump your bro after <laughs> defeating a boss. Yeah. Army of two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking Borderlands, but whatever. I, I'm actually thinking of Gears of War 2. Mm-hmm. I had a friend named Tristan who we would spend hours playing Gears of War 2's Horde mode. And there were quite a few times where I'd be, you know, backpedaling away, just pumping shotgun rounds into hordes of enemies, and suddenly a skull would explode. And there, off in the corner of the map, I'd see the sniper scope, and I'd know that he was watching over me, and I'd turn to him and I'd say, you're a bro. He'd say, damn right I am, and pop another head. It was great. Similarly, uh, some of my favorite couch co-op moments, and I guess... Strictly speaking, well, whatever. It was LAN, but anyway, it was playing Diablo 2 with mm. a bunch of people all around a table and playing a, you know, summoner necromancer so that I could walk into a room full of enemies, get up, get a piece of pizza, sit back down, and then collect all the loot. And so there is that sort of, like, rapport you can get when you're all in the same room together that you can't get with online co-op. And yeah, you can't share a pizza with people online. You can't. <laughs> it just doesn't work. You can try, but you just get pizza sauce on your screen. Grant, yeah. are you saying that your version of rapport is just making all of your friends silently hate you? Yes. <laughs> no, here's the thing. They were all laughing, right? They all thought it was hilarious. Or maybe they were plotting my murder. I don't know. See, he's genius. It's not that they hate Grant. It's that he gets them to do the work for him, and they're like, this is fun. He convinces them. Well, no, they weren't doing the work. These were my 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 skeleton army. I see. Yeah, no, because I was a, I was. It was funny because my build didn't actually require me to click on anything. Ah. They were off in other places doing other things. I see. Oh, now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not talking about letting my party carry me. Okay, <laughs> because that's what it I don't, sounded like. I don't yeah, do that. That is, that is what it sounded. <laughs> no, 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 no. Summoner necromancer. Can you I don't, guys? Can no. you guys carry me to over that chest over there? I don't want to wrinkle my robes. <laughs> <laughs> so. This actually brings up another interesting question I kind of wanted to ask. 
for this show. We've talked a lot about how it's fun to kind of have your friend or comrade, whoever, sitting right next to you while you're playing this game with them. And sometimes, you know, give them a look of like, you're about to know pain. <laughs> and you don't even know it yet. So um, much fun. So much fun. Which is actually, that's not very cooperative. In fact, it's sort of the opposite. It's, it's very competitive. But I've, I've noticed that as along with a sort of this decline in couch co-op that we've seen with some of the more recent games, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've noticed a decline in the cooperative gameplay and a spike in competitive gameplay. Why do we think that happened? Or particularly, why is it so, why is it so huge? Because to me, it seems pretty huge. Am I crazy? Uh, I don't think you're crazy, but I think it's easier to build competitive. Just because a lot... I mean, just like a lot of video games have violence as a core feature, it's, it's pretty darn easy to say, well, how do we have a co-op element? Or how do we have a, a multiplayer element? How about we put everyone in a big room and give them as many guns as we can and let them figure it out? And that's... I mean, there are whole genres of games just based off of let's let you punch each other. And I think another part of it is that on the internet you don't want to talk to strangers. Well, maybe you don't. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't either. In general, on the internet you don't want to talk to strangers. Like, if I'm going to be in a game where I'm randomly matched with people, I don't, I don't, I don't, people feel uncomfortable trying to cooperate with someone they don't know. I'm fine with sitting down with a couple of friends and being like, hey, let's figure out this problem together. But if you're put with random people, you don't know. Maybe they are really pushy, or maybe they're an asshole, or maybe whatever. Whereas it's easier to make them the enemy. I know I was playing Destiny for a long time when it first dropped, and everyone was like, why don't we have mic chat when we get match made with somebody on a strike? Because we want to be able to coordinate and talk to each other, because then that makes it more interesting. So Bungie added the ability to opt into a chat channel when you drop into a strike nobody uses it because it's like oh wait it's an option now well i don't want to talk to a random person i just want to sit down and play my game yeah i actually have two points one is going back to nintendo do you guys remember triforce heroes i do know literally Vaguely. just came out like maybe six months ago or oh Hyrule Warriors? No no no, 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 no. I remember it. was a three links. Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. Three links. So it's like four swords, but... Oh, this is kind yeah, of the less. really horrible, horrible decision they made was three, because three is apparently some magic number. So it's kind of a weird number for games. It's a totally weird number for four games. Four has been the standard. The yeah, yeah, standard right? for two, years. Two or four. But for whatever reason, they went with three. Um, probably because Triforce, so three, right. But like... That makes sense, I guess. Right? Yeah. But three people... You can do download play, but only if you have two other people with you. So that means, like, you only need one copy of the game, on, but you need, two, like, three systems in the same room in order right. to play. Or you do single player. Or you do all online. Or you have two copies of the game, and you both connect online, and you can both play together with a third random person. I see. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like this whole thing, which sounds like, okay, but here's the other fun thing. You can only communicate via emoji. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember. Oh, so God. You, so, like, for one thing, if you just kind of want to play this game and you're hanging out with your friend, it's like, well, you either both need a copy of the game, which is like 40 bucks for a game that so far sounds kind of 
hazardous. Or you uh, need another friend, which is surprisingly difficult to get three people in the same room with a 3DS together. Yeah. Um, Or you're just sort of stuck playing online with emoji as your way of communication through Legend of Zelda, like, yeah, where you... puzzles. And this is actually, like, if you play the single player, it's incredibly difficult. So it's like, I mean, not impossible, but definitely difficult. So communication is key. And you get griefer assholes who will just be like, you know what will be funny? Fucking this shit up. And it's like, why? Why would you do this to me, you fucking dick? And all you can do is frowny face, frowny face, frowny face. <laughs> well, and I know actually for Splatoon, since that is both cooperative and competitive, you have team. It's like Seed, where you have teams going against teams. And you're just trying to cover more ground with your paint. A big plus for a lot of people is that there is no chat. Like, you have no yeah. chat. And, like, for some people, that's a big downside. Like, oh, I can't talk to these random people I've been hooked up with on the internet. For some people, that's a huge plus. Because you don't have to deal with people on the internet w- in any way whatsoever. But at the same time, that means you have to implement a game that doesn't require actual cooperation. Just exactly. numbers. Yeah, yeah right. no. And... The other point that I was going to make, too, in general, is that on a more general scale, I think cooperative games are really fun. We all enjoy playing them. But conflict is so much more appealing, right? I mean, we could all go and, like, play together and hold hands and friendship. Or we could shoot each other in the face. (laughs) And we're playing a virtual game, right? We're living a fantasy. So, what would you rather do? be friends like we are in real life or get to shoot each other. <laughs> I feel like it's important to remember your audience when you're building a game because if you're looking at Splatoon and you're saying the benefits or the disadvantages of having voice chat, mm-hmm. this is a game primarily marketed towards kids. Mm-hmm. And kids are some of the most vicious assholes <laughs> you will ever meet on this damn planet. M teacher can confirm. Exactly. <laughs> and on top of it, you're specifically marketing to the parents of these children and it's much easier to sell a game when you say, "Oh, by the way, they can't talk to, to the strangers." Yeah, that's that's really true. I play a lot of Dota. Mm -hmm. Dota is a very, very teamwork-intensive game. Almost universally, the team with better teamwork and better team synergy will win, even if they pick heroes that are doing worse in the meta right now. So voice chat is almost a given. I'd say 60% of the people I run into have voice chat. So it really is a thing of knowing your audience and knowing what to expect going into a game. Yeah, and I think actually that brings up something else. I mean, I said earlier just kind of the lazy answer of it's easier to pick out a game where people fight, but also to make a cooperative game, the cooperative element has to make it better. If you have multiple links, you need a puzzle that you need multiple links to solve, and so it necessarily will become more complex. If you're creating a game like Dota, you need to think of character powers that are not only interesting and unique, but can work together in a team and build up other elements of the team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely picking up a pattern here of, like, the. it seems like a lot of the reason why we're seeing a bit of a decline in, in couch co-op is, well, because it's less work. <laughs> but also, not even just that, because it's it's easier to then implement other features, like really powerful game engines or really good graphics or some other sort of feature that may, might, you know, raise the performance bar a little bit. We're, we're, we're adding that additional 
gameplay element of, of couch co-op may sort of hold you back a bit or bring it down. But I'd still, I'd still, we, we know from a lot of games that are out there today that there is still a pretty seriously high demand for cooperative play. And actually, Paige, you mentioned this mm-hmm. um, in the notes that we, we took together before the show. Um, there's a game out there right now, I believe it's only for PC, it's called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Oh yes, it's so fun. Yes, uh, the whole the premise of the game, if uh, if you are not familiar with it, anyone, um, is it's actually one player is it, it's actually only played by one player at a time. But you have additional players come in and watch and they, and actively participate. The first player has a bomb, a relatively complex bomb, depending on what difficulty you choose. I think I admit I haven't actually played it myself, but I've seen videos of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Specific, actually, but the whole idea is the single. The first. Well, the idea of the game is that one player is a bomb diffuser. They have a complex array of panels, buttons, lights, and other things, and they have to hit it in a specific order to diffuse this complex bomb. There's another player who, you know, if you're playing correctly, is not looking at the screen. They do not know what this panel of buttons looks like, but they have a printed out or PDF manual for bomb diffusal that is not organized necessarily logically so you have to communicate and say I'm looking at these series of lights what does this mean I'm looking at these words what does this mean and you have to flip through this like giant manual and try to like make sure that this bomb is diffused before it blows up so hence the name you as two players have to keep communicating to make sure the bomb does not blow up. Or more than two players. I've seen True. some really fun videos of people playing this game, like, with VR, and then there's, like, <laughs> six people all alone, just, <laughs> and you're all having to talk, and there'll be these moments where they kind of start to quiet down and realize they're quieting down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Th- thank you for explaining. I was getting tongue-tied. Yeah, no. But, and this game is, this game is, you know, no pun intended, or maybe pun intended, exploded, like, for a while there. It, it was, it's gotten really popular. It's found its crowd. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot about it and just various meanderings through the internet. It is definitely big stuff. Precisely. Well, so while it's not necessarily... like It can be couch co-op, because you can print out the manuals or, or just access them on your laptop and mm-hmm. play it together. But it is... That's, that's a game where there's a bit of work involved. There's like, a lot of work involved. There's a lot you of work involved. You have to defuse a bomb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like what we've been saying before. A lot of people kind of wanted that experience, though. A lot of people play it and enjoy it. So there's clearly a demand for cooperative play is basically what I'm getting at here. It's not like we're seeing demand for couch co-op go down necessarily. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to be more aligned with really how much work goes into a game or what other features have gotten more popular, at least in the eyes of developers or publishers. Well, I think that part of what's cool about that is it's not looking, as we said before, at the gameplay, the processing power, because it's a very low processing power game. There's like a couple of probably a couple of algorithms behind the surface. There are a lot of them, but they're probably not that complex. But it's creating a focus on the experience and the work of creating a fun game instead of paying attention to the capabilities of the system. Another one that is very simple, but I enjoyed it a lot when we played it, was... Oh, what is that insult game? Um, Oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, sir. Oh, sir. sir. You, sir. I think it was oh, sir. Oh, sir. Um, So it's a Steam game... That was created at like a hackathon kind of deal. Yeah, it was a game it was, jam. It was made at some you know three day game jam uh-huh. by I think like two developers. That is heavily Monty Python influenced, where you take a dead parrot into a pet store, 
and you both lob insults at each other that you gradually build from phrases. It's like Mad Libs. It's like Mad Libs. It's like a Mad Libs fighting game. Yeah. But also, uh, voice acted with some very heavily... Oh, what is that accent? Like Hungarian? It's, Hungarian? it's some kind of Eastern European, I think. Yeah. And so you keep arguing until one of you... Like, you've both finished your sentence, and however good your insult is breaks down the other person's health. So you're just watching two very Hungarian men pretending to be British lobbing insults at each other that are absolutely absurd, like, your mother and her car are full of elderberries and smell like my gym teacher's socks. And I have proof. And, and I, I have, have proof! proof. <laughs> oh, that, and I have proof is always the killer. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, mo the most popular ending to each is, and I have proof. And it's not a complex game again. As I said, they made it in a game jam. Uh, the voice acting is not top class. By but, a long shot. But if you want to get together with a few friends, you say, hey, I have this game, want to play it with me? I mean, it's technically Steam, so... But it's free. It's free. It's free. Oh, it's free? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, it's, it's a blast. It's, I love but it. If it's you free, pull it's it out, a dead hour yeah. of entertainment. Yeah, you can pull it out at a party, and the other person doesn't really need to learn how to play. You know, you can figure it out pretty quick. And that's a lot of fun. Like, there's a lot of actually good PC games, because Keep Talking Nobody Explodes... Oh, sir, where people are pulling out the idea of what's a new approach we can take to couch co-op? Crawl. Crawl? What is Crawl? Crawl. Did we played Crawl. That was oh, the one Oh, Crawl, where... yeah, yeah. Crawl is another game that, uh, cur yeah. currently, I think, only available on PC, uh, namely on, on Steam. But you play as four, is it four? Yes, it's four. Four. four adventurers, or at least three adventurers, and at any point, one of the four adventurers is a ghost. And you just crawl through a dungeon where the ghost player gets to take over traps and, and monsters. It's three ghost players and one adventurer. You are correct. I, I, yeah. I, I had it backwards. It's three ghost players and one adventurer. The three ghost players can take over traps and monsters and try and keep the one human player from progressing and leveling up and, and defeating the big boss monsters. But then once... If you, do, if you actually are the ghost that kills the human player... You become the new human player, and then you have to try and progress and level up and kill the monsters. But it's the same thing with it. It's that's kind of a weird couch co-op. It's co it's not co-op. I mean, I guess it's, it's, it's I guess it is because it's three v one. So it, it's it's a it's a co-op. Um, it's kind of co-op competitive because the idea is you have to reach the main boss. So in that aspect, it is cooperative because you all have to work together to get to the main boss. But and and you want the main boss to die, but <laughs> you want the glory you for want yourself. to be the one to kill the main boss, and you only have three chances to do that. And I don't mean each person has three. I mean there are three chances among the four of you to kill that main boss. Otherwise, you all get devoured. Well, and I think it's interesting that a lot of these games that we've been talking about, specifically on Steam, but in general, are not big AAA publisher games. Oh, they're almost all indie games. Uh -huh, they're almost all indie games, and what that means is that because we live in an age where it's easier than ever to get your game out there if you're just a random guy, mm -hmm. or or woman, uh, they're... Or group. Or Schmo. group. Or, yeah, or person. So if you're a random person, it is way easier to just say, I need this in my life. Let me put it out there. And the fact that we are seeing it as a groundswell from people says that there is both a demand and that other people are not filling it, so we will fill it. Which is an awesome way to get yourself out there as a developer, as a game designer, to be like, hey, 
look what I can make, right? Thank I mean, God for the indie market. I mean, I, I know it's not couch co-op, but we keep talking about <laughs> Stardew Valley. Freaking Concerned Ape has exploded, and it's just because he loved his product. And he put it out there, and everyone else loves it too. You can tell he put a lot of care into it. Yeah, and that's true for everyone that we've talked about. You can tell that crawl. I mean, it's it's still early on, but it's got a lot of really interesting stuff going on with it that, like, frankly, I haven't seen in a lot of games before. It's an interesting concept, and it does have a lot of love and care in it, even if it does look like it, <laughs> like it was supposed to be played on old school like NES or something but that's part of the charm yeah absolutely Nidhogg Nidhogg similarly a lot of love yeah right? not cooperative though <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was gonna say I was gonna say I feel like I feel like we need to just rename this episode what happened to local multiplayer because like half of the stuff we've been saying strictly speaking isn't co-op yeah that's that's kind of the reason I I, I really I wanted to, I brought up that question before is like no matter what it seems whenever we and we've had this conversation a few times before outside of the podcast you guys all know. We do exist outside of the podcast. We do. No, we don't. Gasp. And we still talk what about video. What do I do with the rest of my time? I don't know. I Should we, pizza. like, get jobs? I go to work and then, you know, lament about my inevitable death. But <laughs> anyway, what you were saying. <laughs> anyway, what I was saying was, yeah, even outside of this, we still talk about video games. We've discussed this idea before of, like, what happened to Couch Co-op. And the conversation almost always inevitably turns towards competitive multiplayer. Or specifically, online multiplayer. As much as I don't want to say it, I, I, I kind of want to. I kind of think couch co-op really has come become a bit of a niche. Oh, it absolutely it's, it's, has. It's a powerful niche market where there's pretty strong demand where it is, but at the same time, we're really at kind of like what Paige was saying. We're really we're seeing most of that demand answered by independent developers. Not necessarily the AAA developers. Well, and I think part of why that is is it's just so easy to accidentally screw up co-op. Um, Grant and I had played a little bit of Divinity Original Sin, and we were really excited about it because we enjoyed playing Diablo 3 together. We enjoy, you know, like playing D&D, and it was kind of a mix between the two because you have a lot of different skills, but you're also playing a game. Uh, and so we decided to jump into it, but there is really no reason for that game to be co-op. I mean, it's cool to play with someone else, but the beginning of the plot is so complex, and there are just not much pointers in the way of where you should go, that it's harder to play it as two people instead of having a lot of time to just dive. So are you saying then that the couch co-op almost sort of feels tacked on? Not, I don't know if I'd say tacked, tacked on. on. But here's what I'll say. I feel like with that game, and my, we admittedly we only got a, a little bit in, so my opinion might change as I'm able to put more time into it. But I feel like there should have been a disclaimer on the co-op of that game that just said it's advised that you only play it if both of you are already at least somewhat familiar with the game. Because, it, I mean, it's supposed to be a spiritual successor to, like, Baldur's Gate and those kinds of games. Yeah. Which are, by their very nature, very complex games. And so, when we think about co-op, especially couch co-op, we think of it as something of, oh, come over and sit down, we'll play for an hour, and it'll be fun. Whereas, that's the kind of game where you do need to put a significant amount of time into it, make mistakes, learn what is useful and what isn't, and it's a complex game... And so trying to figure that out with another person can get a little exasperating because it's like we've been doing this thing together 
for two or three hours now, and we're still only kind of figuring out how it works. Uh, let's just play Diablo so we can just hit monsters in the face instead. Yeah. So then, are there some are there some games that really shouldn't be co-op? Because uh, what, what I'm hearing from you guys talk about Divinity Original Sin is that some aspects of just the way the game is designed and how the gameplay works, it's not necessarily that intuitive, at least to start with, right? I mean, it, yeah. Again, like if you get if you kind of became a bit more familiar with it as you played, it becomes easier, and then you can launch into the co-op, and then maybe yeah, maybe it's a great experience. But there are definitely some games that seem to take to couch co-op a lot better, namely shooters. Um, but at least that's that's what I've noticed. What, what do you think, Grant? Well, um, just in terms of games that maybe don't belong in co-op, um, this is the part of the podcast where I talk about the PS1 era of Final Fantasy. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, oh, it's that time again. Yeah, it's that time again. I know I mentioned Crystal Chronicles earlier. You a bell and just be like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I know I mentioned Crystal Chronicles earlier, but that doesn't actually oh. count. This oh. is the part of the podcast where I actually mentioned Final Fantasy. Uh, not just Moogle shaving? Not just Moogle shaving. <laughs> or cow racing. Or that's, chocobos drifting. Yes. No, those are, those that's actual all... Final Fantasy. There, But there were sizable parts of Crystal Chronicles where you could take your chocobo to the chocobo salon. and No, it was your Moogle. You took your Moogle to the Moogle salon and had their hair cut and styled and colored. That sounds fascinating. No, yeah. it wasn't. I can only imagine. <laughs> anyway, uh, the PlayStation Final Fantasy, specifically not 7 or 8, but specifically the re-releases of 5 and 6 and then 9. And I want to say actually the re-release of 4 also. But anyway, had two-player co-op in Final Fantasy, which was interesting. And it was like, it was tucked away in the menus. I don't even know if it was in the instruction manual. But it was tucked away in the menus that you could turn it on. And the way it worked was just that every member of your party you could assign to player 1 or player 2. So then in battle... It was, you know, like Final Fantasy Nine, I think was the first one to come out that did it. Every, you had a four-player party, so it was like, okay, I'll control Zidane and Garnet, and player two will control Vivi and Steiner, and so then each of you are controlling two party members. That sounds pretty good, but there are a couple of issues with that. For one, the way the game engine was built, it still treated you as one player. It was just that the control would trade off. So you couldn't both be issuing commands at the same time. Ooh. It was uh. just Zidane's, a- Zidane's ATB gauge would fill first, uh, and his thing would come up, and then you'd issue the command, and if VV came next, then VV's command would come up and Player 2 would issue the command. Which, uh, when I tried to play this with my friend in 6th grade, inevitably led to me sitting there and VV's command box being up, and my friend just sort of not paying attention and not realizing that's his thing, because all the command boxes are this, like, you know, they're Final Fantasy command boxes, they don't look all that different. And me nudging him and going, dude, it's your turn. So battle took forever. Not very intuitive. The other issue is that then on the field, it's still a one-player game. So my anytime we're not in battle, my friend's just sitting there watching me run around and play Final Fantasy and open chests and pick stuff up and you know it can still be fun to be like ooh get that loot over there or I'll go talk to that guy but no more than just watching someone play a single player game so it's co-op but you know the person involved is only actually the player 2 is only involved like 20% of the time maybe uh, that sounds quite unfortunate I'd like to throw out another example where in this case both players are involved about 50% of the time but I remember 
my friend James from grade school and I were both very excited when we discovered that Civilization 3 had a local multiplayer option. Hmm. Now, we were very excited. And the game that we played, we actually got further than we ever had because we were in grade school and had no idea how to actually win at Civilization. So we got pretty far, and we didn't muck it up too terribly. And as that game goes longer, as you see more of the map, as the nations grow in complexity and more units are on the field, turns take longer and longer. It got to the point where I would play for about two hours for my turn... And then I would hit end turn button, and it would go for maybe 45 minutes of watching the computers do their thing, and then his turn would come up, and since his empire was doing a lot better, he would play for about three hours micromanaging his economy, <laughs> making sure all the farmers were doing the right thing, and then he'd hit end turn, and you'd get another 45 minutes of the other nations doing their thing, and then it would be my turn again. Did it really take that long? Just about. Oh my god. <laughs> it was awful. And this... Any game where you can't actively be participating at the same time and you have grotesque amounts of time commitment. <laughs> no, no thank you. Actually, Divinity Original Sin. Yeah. We there could not go. both participate at the same time and by the nature of it being a sprawling, incredibly complex RPG, which is a good thing, means it's a very big time commitment. Yeah, uh, conversations. You can only be, one of you can be in a conversation at a time. Uh, okay. Well, two of you can be in two different conversations. But if it's talking to the same NPC, unless it's one of those things I mentioned earlier where you both get input, it can be one person, their A prompt is talk, and then if the second player who approaches, their A prompt is listen. And so then your half of the split screen is just watching the dialogue box. <laughs> but seamless split screen, so you could go off to the other side of the world map and do something else. That's true. That is cool. Yeah. Okay, well, now, now we're getting somewhere. Because what I was actually saying was uh, some of the best games I've seen with some of the best couch co-op have been shooters or puzzly platformers. So, like like Portal 2, like Army of Two, Rayman Origins, stuff like that. It seems like, though, what can kind of go wrong with these co-op games, specifically which games might not be best suited or, or where, where, where the problem is, is in these very tactical or strategic-oriented games, like RPGs, uh, so like Divinity Original Sin, or, or, or like Civ, Civilization, obviously very, <laughs> yeah. very, very strategic. And then I think you guys... I think you guys completely nailed it. That that whole idea of there there needs to be active participation from both partici from both participants and players at the same time. Without that, there's a serious problem. I think one good oh. example of this is in Diablo three. It goes really well. It's smooth. It's fun, and you can do it locally or online, and that's really smooth. But when you get to inventory management, it's terrible because if you're playing locally, only one of you can be updating your inventory at a time. I think we... Uh, oh my god, that's four, right. Yeah, four of oh us have been playing god. together. And as you get farther and farther in the game, you spend longer and longer adjusting your inventory. I am forever thankful that when we say four of us have been playing, we mean two on two separate consoles. Yeah, two and two. Not because <laughs> you can do four-player on one console... Oh I, god! Can you imagine? That'd be so, awful. Yeah, every trip I, to town would take like an hour and a half. It's really, it's infuriating. Like I don't mind that like the dialogue boxes can pop up. You know, like the way some of the dialogue pops up because there is a story going on and so forth. Right, like stopping you from, you know, having dialogue come across on the two screens or whatever. Wait, wait Diablo three has a story. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just Blizzard's bad fan fiction. 
Well, and I feel Shut bad because I enjoy it. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah. um, like, I don't mind a lot of this stuff. What And uh, even the inventory, I didn't really mind all that much. But then, you know, as you get further into it, you have more stuff you got to get rid of, which is just, okay, I got to go over here. All right. Now let me go. Okay. All right, now we need to go here. Okay. <laughs> do, I, do I want this? Do Wait. I want this or this? Honey, what do you think? Is this better? Is it or is this good? Yeah, and then pick? and then of course, anytime you want to upgrade your character, so it's like, all right, hang on, I've got some skill points I gotta use. Okay, uh, and then uh, oh wait, hang on, which armor? Oh wait, no, that changed everything. Okay. Oh, I accidentally jumped which this. Which is like when you're playing by yourself, these are very normal concerns, right? Like this is the sort of thing that you mess around in your own inventory screen, your own head, whatever. Uh, when you both need to do it. And so all that all you can do is stare at what the other person is doing and occasionally go, yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> Just pick something. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is that if you like haul videos on YouTube, play Diablo 3 with your friends. Like, okay. Yeah, those videos where like people share all the things they bought in a store and they just take them out one by one and they're like, I bought a suitcase oh, and un some clothes. Unboxing videos, you mean? No, 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 haul videos. videos. I'm like, this is my haul like, from the store. Like, this is my haul, so let me show H -A -U. you everything. I've uh, literally never heard of that. It's a thing. Oh, it's a huge thing. It's so weird. It's like, shopping, uh, there are a lot of ones for makeup. Makeup, yeah. Makeup's the big one. Oh, it's I somewhat learned, unfortunate. I learned something new today. That's <laughs> not unfortunate. Yay! <sighs> I don't like those videos. No. Yeah. They keep getting recommended to me on Facebook. Yeah. See, what, what the ideal system would be, while other players are managing their inventory... You know, we could all play our, our games of Civ. And take <laughs> <laughs> now, there you go. You make you make uh, a really inventory gear heavy ARPG like Diablo, and then you build in a side game that is a turn based strategy game like Civ. Yep. So it's right. effectively two completely separate games. That's actually genius. Actually, yeah. there is there is actually a point I wanted to make here. I have played a game that was sort of a role playing game where they actually they they found a way around this issue. Where it's it's and it's a and now you guys are probably laughing at me, but Elliot and I, my my friend Elliot and I have a uh, a hobby where we will go to a game store like GameStop, and we'll just look for the cheapest, mm -hmm. weirdest game we can find, mm -hmm. and we'll go home and we'll play it all night. We don't know why something just compels us. <laughs> and if you're Elliot, you do it in a weird hat. Yes, if you're if you, most likely he's we love the he's, weird hats. He's wearing a weird hat or fuzzy pink pants. Oh, I'm wrong. You don't have those anymore. I'm sorry. I miss them too. I'm sorry too. Fuzzy pink pants sound amazing. They actually were amazing. They're a, it's a legacy. But yeah. one particular time, we went to GameStop and we picked up a game called Spectrobes. For the oh Wii. God. Spectrobes is essentially a weird. It's 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 an attempt to make a different version of Pokemon or Digimon or something where you basically laser fossils and monsters come out of them and you can like battle them and, and make them higher levels. And it sounds amazing. <laughs> it, it is amazing except that it's super dumbed down in, in the sense that it's, it's, it's stupidly easy. Yeah. Uh, this is, of course, the Wii was the console of third party developers going, okay, what can we cash in on just before the whole iOS app thing? Yes. I'm pretty sure all the same people just moved to apps. And I, you know, I'd say you're right. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. But Spectrobes... <laughs> think on that level. The basic easy. premise was you play as a space monster ranger guy. Basically a Pokemon trainer. Let's, let, I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest here, you guys. Sorry, Spectrobes. I enjoyed your game, but... Yeah. but and you, you progress through by landing on a planet. Oh no, there's a big bad person 
thing. Or team. I don't even remember. And we need to go stop them. So let's travel across this planet to different areas, fight monsters, collect these fossil creatures, these spectrobes, as they are known. Totally not Pokemon. Nope. And we are going... Elfs. And we're going to... <laughs> it's <laughs> this world. <laughs> the elf world. And we're going to run around and... those manatters. <laughs> grasping manatters all day. And it was actually pretty fun. And it was co-op. That's the thing. is Normally the game would be single player. It'd be just you as the trainer, or the ranger, whatever he was supposed to be. And you'd have your monster following you around, whichever primary one you saw. You could swap through three at a time, I think. You could only carry three with you. Um, and you could basically, the way it worked is you issued commands. It was very Kingdom Heartsy, where the battle would just happen right there. It, it didn't go to a separate fight screen. It happened instantaneously. And you would actually hit them with, with, with the monster's special abilities. So some could charge, some had blasts, some shot little projectiles, whatever. But normally it would be this, the, the player has their own weapon, like a sword or something, and they can attack with that, and they have their Spectrobe help fight. The way Spectrobes did co-op is player two could play as the monster. So Okay. Yeah. So, so That's actually kind of cool. So, so the main ranger, you could play a single player where you just fought and then the monster would attack and you could tell it, do this, and it would go rah, and attack. Or player two could just step in and be the creature. So all player one had to worry about was hitting crap with their sword. Player two could just go nuts as a flying space narwhal with ice beam eyes. That legit was one of the creatures. It was actually that one of my favorites. That sounds awesome. I am suddenly much more interested in Spectrum. Dude, why don't we own this? It was awesome. It, it, I think it's on Steam. I might buy it after this. <laughs> Elliot and I, we, we, we just gunned through it in like two or three days. Like, like I think we actually we didn't finish. I went home and he called me. He's like, "Hey, when are you when are you gonna come over again? We can finish Spectrobes." I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but it's gotta happen soon. But that was a way to have a very RPG sort of game where you literally just progressed through different areas of a level and got plot points out of the way and leveled up your characters and, and just did dungeon crawls and 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 you know did lots of grinding to level up. Where you could have the active participation. Even areas where, where Elliot was running around... I, I play the monster most of the time. Where Elliot was running around as the main player, jumping on platforms, solving puzzles, talking to NPCs, I could be a little monster running around and I could hit stuff or open boxes and or just enjoy flying around as a little monster, to be completely honest. It was kind of fun. But it worked. It, it, was, it, was, it was an example of that having that active participation from both parties. It's fascinating that a game... That is so obviously a ripoff of Pokemon. Was able to tweak that one little thing, and suddenly it's that much more interesting. Yeah, it's probably a piece of crap in every other regard, but that sounds really cool. Well, and something that's interesting is you were playing as the sidekick. Like, yeah. if you're a monster, you're playing as the sidekick, but you still had fun. I mean, like when we played Lego Batman, uh, we played Lego Batman Two, I think. Yeah. Uh, it, which I will still maintain is one of the best Batman stories to come out in recent years. <laughs> one of those Batman Superman stories for yeah. sure. Oh, and better than Dawn of Justice. No, and so it had just like a very kid friendly, but at the same time very pure and fun interpretation of the characters. It made it a joy to play. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time you're playing as Batman and Robin. Sometimes you've got Superman. Sometimes you've got other people. But a lot of the time, I was playing as Robin. But they didn't make me lesser. Even though I was technically the sidekick, I still had the ability to find things, to move levers, to have my own abilities that are useful. Because uh, I think you're Dick Grayson, so you get acrobat abilities. And I think that's one thing that the LEGO games in general have done really well, is giving everyone a place to be an aid. You are all given a unique role, 
And the nice thing about the Lego games is if you're bored with your role, you can switch and you can, you know, be another character and be yeah, There were a handful of times where we're like, hey, I want to jump on stuff, so we'd switch and you'd be Batman and I'd be Robin and it yeah. worked. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, it's definitely one of the main reasons. I mean, like, so of course not everybody can go out and buy a Wii U as their secondary console just to play co-op, so... One of the big games that I always find myself recommending to people if they have an Xbox One or a PS4, pick up the Lego games. Not only do they have just fantastic writing, so you're sitting there just laughing your ass off over just like these kind of cutesy things, they're kid-friendly, all that stuff, great puzzle platformers, and everybody has that same sort of level of, like, it's just even playing ground, no matter who you choose. So you can be your favorite character... And not feel OP being Superman. Yeah. Well, and I am a person who gets butthurt about a lot of things. And I can say that consistent... Like, I don't like things that I am not good at. Consistently through the game, I kept track of the fact that Grant was earning more coins. And I knew that on a deep level. But I was still having fun because the story engaged me and because I was still useful even if I wasn't quite as good. And that's one of the beautiful joys of that game, too, is you can't really die. Like, the only thing that can happen is that you don't earn as many coins. Uh -huh. You just right? become Legos again. Exactly. <laughs> you return from whence you came. Exactly. And then you come back. It's beautiful. You're it's born anew. It, it's a beautiful reincarnation story, no matter which one you play. Well, Makes it slightly dark, now that I think about it. <laughs> I was going to say, you're getting disassembled. Well, and that's one of the but hard reassembled. things. Well, and that's one of the hard things about both co-op and competitive play is if you don't have an equal level with your friend, will you have the same experience as your friend? And I think another thing that does that really well is Rayman. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends are mm -hmm. two of the best co-op games I've played recently. Oh, easily. And they're just awesome platformers. I play Rayman Legends by myself all the time, too. Like, I love those weekly and daily challenges that they have, just because it's like, hey, I want to keep playing something. And here's some new levels. They may get repetitive after a while, but who cares? <laughs> um, I will say that is a little bit more skill-based than a Lego game, just yeah, because you can sure. totally tell when things go horribly wrong. Yeah. Need I remind you guys of uh, Rayman Origins and that, oh god, which The graveyard level. level. The graveyard level? The three of us probably played that for a good two and a half hours. Oh my god. Or, uh, or the... Or the uh, machinery level where you're going through for oh god they just they never ended they never ended <laughs> yeah it was god. great uh, so much misery and yet so much joy at the same time beautiful gorgeous <laughs> game amazing soundtrack and just like <sighs> such tight mechanics but if you are the one you know falling behind you know you will get caught up to the other player and you do have the chance on the next challenge to be the one who does something useful. And yeah. the worst thing that happens there is you turn into a bubble and your buddy has to punch you in the face. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Once again, we like hitting each other in the face. Exactly, but in a cooperative way. In a cooperative in way. It's like, no, 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 I'm helping you. Yeah, the, game, the game does its best to kind of give you all, put you all on sort of equal footing. Like, you, exactly. you, you do run and compete, but at the same time, when someone falls behind, it just blips you right back up to the, the front. The only time you ever experience true loss is when everybody sucks. So it's like, black screen, you all fail. Start over. <laughs> but then you're... Which again. is why we were playing those levels for hours. <laughs> <laughs> but again, still, equal footing. Yeah. You're, you're kind of put in the same position. You know, there's one game I mentioned at the beginning of this show uh, that I haven't gotten back to, and it's one thing that did co-op very wrong. <laughs> um, and part of it was because it tried to put 
the two players on equal footing. And I can see where they wanted to go with it. I don't think it worked out. In Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, you could do local co-op. There was an area of the map you could go to where a second player could join in. So normally you would suspect, okay, well then you've got two different screens then. Player one has their screen, player two has their screen. And they'll go off and, you know, murder people, you know, have have fun running people over, just do the general Grand Theft Auto things. Or maybe we could, you know, both drive taxis and make some money, <laughs> buy some property. Grand Theft Auto really does have a lot more freedom in it. Anyway, I digress. The problem is there weren't two screens. There was one screen. You know how in Grand Theft Auto it's third person and you just watch yourself playing? Well, for local co-op, they just backed up the camera a little bit and had two players. That what? Oh, I what? hate every game that does that. No. So uh, if player two just no. kind of ran off, uh, good luck finding him. <laughs> oh, so it wouldn't even like so jump it followed, back. It followed oh, it would, player one. It would. It would try to follow. I don't remember exactly. To be completely honest, but I do remember that it, it was very, very. It was very bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just see, like, oh god, this is horrible. Yeah. Trying to get in a car was just like, okay, get get the thing. No, you get in. Who's driving? I don't know. <laughs> See, I was just going to say, in general, any game that does that shared screen co-op, it, like, sometimes it works, like in Rayman, like, platformers, anything 2D side-scrolling. Anything top-down. Diablo, it's yeah. not too bad. Complete top-down. Yeah, right. it tends to be okay. Diablo can get a little tricky, just because you yeah. are sharing the screen, and if y'all have to be moving in the same direction, Diablo makes a very wise choice of... It pushes you towards that direction as opposed to I have played games and I wish I could remember any of them. So please jump in with examples if you can think of one. Gauntlet Legends. There okay, good. Yeah. Solid. Where if you're not both moving in the same direction, you're just kinda stuck. Yeah. Mm, and yeah. there is a there is one particular part in Gauntlet Dark Legacy where it is possible to have to reset the game. If you all move a certain way, the camera can get paw stuck in a way where you can't actually get back to each other. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Experience that once in the uh, middle of a very long level. Uh, Marvel. Marvel Ultimate Alliance is guilty of the same thing. It is guilty of the same it thing, is. although their level design was usually good enough that that was never a huge problem, well, but it level, was a little obnoxious. The level design can only accommodate so much incompetence from the players. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Well, there was always a little bit of, like... If one player, it didn't happen too often, but there were a couple times I know when we were playing where like um, one player would go on the upper level, another down below, because more loot that way. But then like you get towards the end of the room, and suddenly one of those paths is no longer no longer exists, and there's no way to get back up. So you have to back all the way up. Everybody backtrack. <laughs> Captain party. America fucked up again. Yep. <laughs> Spider Man yep. got stuck in a corner. <laughs> Get him down with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> My hands, they're so sticky. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, any, like, most co-op games that share the screen, as long as the camera moves with everything, can be fine. But honestly, generally speaking, I tend to prefer split screen. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this has actually been a really interesting discussion, guys. I've enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, this I, has been really good. I, I grew up with, with couch co-op games, so I've, I've been looking forward to this. But I think now it is time to move on to our lightning round. Before that, I think we all just need to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that Borderlands exists. I yes. was thinking about We went this entire episode, up. we never mentioned Borderlands. Okay. Yeah. It, Praise be to Borderlands. 
RPG that allows split screen to work with a relatively in-depth and complicated loot system that you can figure out at a glance. It's everything we've been talking and about. It can, can yeah. also be like online multiplayer on next gen consoles. You can have up to four players on the same screen, and you can all access your inventory at, at the, the same, same time. time. I was gonna say it is everything yes. we're talking about. Simultaneous player intervention. Uh, it's a shooter, but also an RPG, and uh, the occasional puzzle platformer ask challenges from time to time. Mostly can, just navigation. Mostly Where just the navigation. Hell am I going? Yeah. Yeah. You uh, you can all access your inventory and missions and everything at the same time. You're all equally powerful. You're all equally powerful. Mostly. And it's humorous. And at, at times, if you really want to, you can have the PvP conflict between the players you're playing against. And the healer class, at least in the first Borderlands, I don't remember if they had it in Borderlands 2, but in the first Borderlands, the healer class heals people by shooting them in the face. It nope. was awesome! You can do that in the later Borderlands. Is that in two? You can do that yeah. in 2. And I didn't play as Axton in 2, so yeah. I didn't know. I did. My gun healed Ac- people, but I could shoot them too. It wasn't Axton who healed them, it was uh, a siren. His gun could heal. Oh, his gun could heal? Yeah, well, just like in the first game, Roland would heal by shooting you. Basically, yeah. there's just a handful of things that yeah. you can heal, depending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so, I just want to think... I always thought it was weird we got through the whole thing without mentioning Borderlands. Well, I think it's because, because it would literally be- every good thing we said here about Borderlands counts. I think it would just become an hour of us going, Borderlands was great. Army of Two. We should do that <laughs> later. <laughs> so, the lesson here, kids, is go buy Army of Two and go buy Borderlands. Only the first Army of Two, though. Oh, yeah. Go, and be don't, careful yeah, with, stay with the first sequel I mean, it's not bad. Gameplay's good, mostly. Yeah, game gameplay's solid, but Borderlands and Borderlands 2, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And anyway. Border Worlds. Please, Border Worlds. Don't <laughs> screw up. Only anyway. time will tell. You let's, were saying lightning round. Yes, let's move on to our lightning round. So, today. Our lightning round is, what is a series with perhaps an ensemble cast, can be a TV show, can be a movie, whatever, that you guys think should be adapted into a couch co-op video game? Uh, sh- oh, yeah, I think I'll start. Uh, the show has gone downhill, and in, in, so now it's been bad for longer than it's been good. But what about a game where you could go around as gun-toting brothers killing demons? Like... I would like a supernatural co-op game. Ooh. Okay. So that, so oh it, my god, that would be amazing. That could be really. <laughs> oh my cool. god, Telltale presents Supernatural. Oh my god, the interactive so, movie. Well, so would it be yeah. would, it, would it be an interactive point, like an adventure game, or would it be like a side-scrolling shooty punchy I, game? I would like shooty punchy, but yeah, yeah, I would oh. say both. You could totally do, could do puzzle both. platformer when it comes to ghosts and stuff. No, no, no. Okay, like Telltale narrative, Resident Evil Four gameplay. Ooh. Yes. 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 Good answer. That's awesome. I didn't that's, even think of that. That's yeah. really Very good. good. Very good. Golf clap. Yeah. Who's next? Right. Jeff, did you have one? Yeah, I've got one. So I'm going to take it in a very different direction. I want oh, yeah. to see something utterly ridiculous and absurd. I want to see a couch co op game based on The Expendables. Oh. Where every hero, you know, has their own kind of unique abilities that are ridiculously overpowered and unbelievably stupid, and the plot is awful, but stuff explodes good, and Terry Crews has an automatic shotgun. Uh, I, I want to see it. Jeff? Yeah? Play Bro Force. Bro Force? Bro Force. It's Bro exactly Force. what you want. It's exactly what you're talking about. It is a well, this 16-bit... Could, this game exists? Yes. But is it Sylvester Stallone? Yes! Yes! No, look, let me explain. <gasps> it is. It is a 16-bit... 
platformer shooter kind of like Contra or Metal Slug. Okay. Where you play as the Bro Force. Okay. All of the playable characters are action movie heroes with their names changed to include the word bro. Yeah. You, okay. It's not Sylvester Stallone, it's Rambro. Rambro. Or okay. uh, John Broclain. <laughs> uh, okay. The Brominator. Uh, <laughs> this sounds it, amazing. So does, yeah. does, it, does it have local co-op? It, yes. Does it have local or just online? I'm pretty sure it has local. Okay. It we'll find local. out. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, dreams do come true. <laughs> dreams I'm pretty come sure. true. I'm pretty sure it's local. Yeah, no, it's fun. Okay. I, I had one, actually. Um, so I, I talked to, at length about Spectrobes earlier. I would like to see a game with similar design of Spectrobes, where you have one player running around, main character with a weapon, and a little, little creature following you, but based on the mighty Boosh. <laughs> It'd be like a puzzle, right. it'd be a puzzle platformer thing. So you you'd run around through different the different worlds and crazy areas of of of, of, being, bush. of bush that they run through. The and as you play, you can unlock different characters to join you. So maybe you'd play as Vince or Howard as your main characters. But then, as your little buddy who can help you fight monsters, you could get like the Hitcher or uh, Charlie Bubblegum. Oh my or, god! The Crack Fox. Yeah, Crack Fox. Uh, old Greg. Um, oh god! The uh, funky ball of tits from outer space. You could get. Who, what was the name of the skull? The skull, uh, Milky Joe. Milky Joe. A Milky Joe. Yeah. That was a coconut. It was a, co- was a coconut. It was a coconut. It was a creepy coconut. It was a creepy <laughs> coconut. Yeah. Did you already say I'm I'm blanking out the, the octopus head? For those of you who aren't aware, the Mighty Boosh is a very very strange television show that you should all watch. It, I suppose yes, it, I yeah, should. Yeah, I was gonna say that. that... Up a cult TV show with absolutely no explanation, and then just rattled off a stream of character names. Yes. It involves a funky ball of tits from outer space, so if that interests you, check it out. The very short version, it's these two guys in England who are a bit bit odd, but they're best (laughs) friends for some reason, and they encounter just these weird sort of acid trip adventures every episode. Go check it out. I recommend it. It's good. Uh, Ponchos. (laughs) In general, if you recognize the names Noel Fielding, oh wow, Noel Fielding, (laughs) or that guy that Inger <laughs> keeps screen capping on some Julian- show. <laughs> Julian Barrett. Um, you will end up liking the show. It's it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yes. Granted, you have a game? I actually I have two. Oh wow. I'm breaking oh. the rules. I have two. Aren't you special? I am special. The first I would like to see, I want now this would be interesting because technically you couldn't get the true spirit of it with today's technology because we have a stubborn cap of four players per console for some reason. Aww. But if we could move it up to five or maybe even six, I would love to see a possibly Marvel Ultimate Alliance or even like a Devil May Cry stylish action type game based on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh. How oh, awesome would that be? We are long overdue for a good Power Rangers game. Right? We're Just... long overdue for a good Power Rangers reboot. Yeah, we're well, they're working good, on it. We're long overdue for good Power Rangers. This is true. It's filming right now. We could definitely wor- see, like, a Pacific Rim, though, I, I think would be more likely for something yeah. like that. But definitely. Yeah, I want to see, you know, like, five or even six, if you want to include Tommy, players all dropped into the same, like, large arena... Kind of like what Platinum Games is doing with their TMNT game right now. Um, And just being able to run around, beat up monsters, and at the end you all come together and fight one of Rita's big baddies. And I just think that'd be awesome if they put a stylish spin on it. Okay, so it'd be all, like, each level is like one big arena that everyone just fights in at a time. I feel like that would be the only way to make it not a complete clusterfuck if you've got six players going at once. No, I I agree. I just, I like, I think think that's good. I think that, that falls within what we were discussing of. It doesn't 
doesn't complicate things too much, but it gives everyone the ability to, to do what they want. Yeah, I think that could be really cool in, you know, weaving in a way to team together, team up and work together and stuff could be really cool. I like it. My other idea is uh, kind of going off of what was mentioned uh, that both Jessica and Jeff mentioned at the beginning of the show as a sort of Telltale-esque two-player narrative experience. Uh, I want to see the co-op experience Telltale presents of Mice and Men. Oh, oh God! Oh God! Like you just brought us back uh, to last week's lightning <laughs> round, and you I'm need to, to leave now. <laughs> yeah, that's not okay. Would that be more or less? Press rough? X to think about the rabbits. It's okay, guys. He's what? an English teacher. Lenny will remember that. <laughs> oh. No, he won't. <laughs> Oh God! You're all going to hell. <laughs> your student, your students—they've read it already, right? Oh yeah, they've read it already. Okay, good. That was the beginning of the year. Okay, yeah. Okay, so when they find this podcast and listen to this, they'll you go, just... "Why, Mr. Lowe? Why?" Oh, <laughs> uh, would that be more or less depressing than Walking Dead? Oh, I don't even know, man. So uh, Jessica, Jessica, other than suggesting the fine idea of a Pacific Rim, <sighs> which would also be great. What do you want? Okay, so similar to Grant's thing, I. I I do want a, like, multiplayer, um, story-driven game like a Telltale, uh, but I had a very different route. Uh, <laughs> so, you see, I love South Park, I love South Park Stick of Truth, but uh-huh. can you imagine Matt and Trey doing a Telltale-esque game of South Park, where you all get to play as, like, the individual South Park characters? <laughs> so you, you could team up as, like, You could Stan- have up to, like, four people, Stan right? and Kyle, or, like... Cartman and Kenny. Yeah, and then you all just have your own, like, choices given your different characters to drive the episode. And if you could give the kid with the unplugged-in controller butters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say DLC to play as Randy. (laughs) See, I just want to see them do that with the Red Robin wedding. That would be be perfect. Uh, uh, Actually, yeah, we don't have any real good like multiplayer South Park like story driven games. No, I think there was a kart racing game back in the day. It was terrible. Yeah, no, I mean like there have been South Park games, and some of them were multiplayer. Obviously, there was kart like it was the like big wheel. (laughs) Oh god, it was terrible. Um, all of them were terrible until Stick of Truth, (laughs) frankly. Yeah, like I think that's fair to say. Yeah, and. Stick of Truth had its issues, let's be honest, but it was still really solid, and I would I would really like for them to just say, fuck RPGs, fuck kart racing, or whatever the fuck they're talking about, just go directly to, let's stick with what we do very well, and that's story, and let's play with that. And let's make that a cooperative experience. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Alright, well I hope, I hope some developers... And publishers or maybe producers are hearing this. And paying way too much for licensing. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've heard all the great things about, you know, couch co-op, still there. I know there's, there's money no job it. for idea guy, but come on, we just gave you some good shit. <laughs> yeah, for free. Give us some advertising, how about that? Who oh. does have the rights to of mice and men these days? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question, and one that we'll have to, unfortunately, save for next time. So, thank you guys for joining us for today's episode, Whatever Happened to Couch Co-op. So, if you're listening and you've enjoyed our conversation here, reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, or even at volcanobakemeat.wordpress.com. Leave us a comment or send us a message. Let us know what your favorite couch co-op game is or what you'd like to see. What other games you think might make for good couch co-op games. I'm Connor. I'm Jeff. I'm Paige. I'm Jessica. And I'm Grant. And we will see you guys next time on the next episode of Volcano Bake Meat. So simply, very good. <laughs>